You are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey. We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within. Welcome back to the Way of Healing. Hey, hey, Casey. OJ here. What's up? We have a we have a wonderful critter with us this morning. I say critter. It's a very affectionate term. Her name is Dana Pennenberg. Hey, Dana. Hey, Dana. Hi. Hi. Welcome. OJ. Yeah, go ahead. Casey and I were both lucky enough to receive a session from Dana yesterday with the intention of talking about it a little bit on the show today. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here and so grateful to, to have this opportunity to be invited. Cool. If you guys are open to it, I found some psychic protection. The well, one from Dr. Nick. On our last episode, well. we had Dr. Nick, and there's a, an oil we were talking about, psychic protection. Did you guys want to try some? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's energy clearing. It's thick. You'll, uh-huh. you'll, you'll... I wonder what's in it. A lot. Love. A lot of love. You'll have to listen to his episode because he does really magical things with his oils mm-hmm. before he bottles them. Mm-hmm. He puts sound healing. He finds out what frequencies the oils want, what they most resonate at. And he puts them with different crystals and different copper, right? Organite. Mm -hmm. He's doing all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, we had brought it up. It's an aura clearing oil. Wowie, wowie. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Get ready. Put on your seatbelts. Dr. Nick in the house. (laughs) Yeah. This is awesome. Cool. It's very potent. Yeah. Wowee. Mm-hmm. This is deep. It doesn't um, play. Dana also uses oils in her practice too. Yeah. And she uses, she's got candles too here. She makes her own candles, which we just lit one. And it's a pretty spectacular beeswax tower. Mm. Uh, should we start there? Should we ask her about her candles? Yeah, why not? Are you selling these candles? I do sell them out of the office on La Brea and in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. And they're also in a store called Muna Star in Topanga Canyon. Cool. I um, drove through Topanga this morning to get here. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> to get home. True facts. Yes. <laughs> so I started making them because when I was going through my journey with chronic Lyme disease, there was a period of time where I became allergic to everything. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started to become very conscious about what I was breathing and using on my body and eating and all those things. So I, I became interested in, you know, manifesting, setting intentions, and I really enjoy ritual. And it was participating in circles where candles would be used as a way of setting intentions and symbolizing, you know, the energy of putting that out there. And there wasn't anything out there, you know, like a, like a ceremony candle that I'd want to breathe. So I, I started making them myself and very intentionally. And they have a base of beeswax and cocoa butter and all organic essential oils and crystals, Reiki and mantra. And the mantra that I put in them is the Ardas Bahi mantra for answered prayers. 
Very cool. Is this part of a Kundalini tradition? The, yes. the mantra? Can you say the name of it one more time? Ardaspahi. Ardaspahi. Yeah. And I kind of, I circled back to Kundalini in a new way after studying craniosacral. The craniosacral changed my, my embodiment of the practice in a really interesting way. Uh, but Kundalini was something that my mom did when she was pregnant with me and I was in a Sikh preschool when I was a kid and I was lucky enough to be given a spiritual name by Yogi Bhajan and nowadays you have to get it through a computer program. <laughs> but uh, That's pretty sacred stuff. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. yeah, so I have a very deep connection with it and you know, I used to fall asleep to the mantras. So my practice is very important to me. Yeah. And I can feel the difference when I fall off of it. Mm. Is ritual something that really was important to you on your healing journey? Is it something that you found, uh, you know, was it the chariot that you rode in or, or how important was it to you? I think what I find is it's a source of grounding for me because. There is so there's so many options out there now. There's so many choices to be made. There's so many systems available or medicines or but the simplicity of a ritual and the consistency of it and the refinement, finding what it is that works for me individually out of all these different options out there. Yeah. It kind of it grounds me. Yeah, we talked a little bit after our session yesterday about your healing journey and how you went through different modalities and really craniosacral and the energy work is kind of what stuck for you or what really helped to push you. How would yeah. you describe it? Yeah. Yeah, I had shared a bit with OJ yesterday about my journey with chronic Lyme disease. And it's so interesting to me that this is what I ended up with because my father is an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars, which is one of the best hospitals in the country. In the world? In the world. Yeah. And so when I was 16 and I fell ill, I went to all the best specialists and it stumped them and nobody could help me. And what were your symptoms? What were some of the, the first symptoms that were showing up? I it, it came on gradually. Um, I think I was bitten when I was 11 or 12. I spent summers on the East Coast, and we didn't know. Like, I didn't know what a tick was, but I had come down with a flu and then didn't manifest at that time. But then I, I developed, like, digestive symptoms and skin discoloration, circulation issues. And then when I was 16, I crashed. and. It was like, it was very fluish. I had a lot of body aches and fatigue and couldn't get out of bed. And then I, I was misdiagnosed for a year and a half. And with what sorts of things? I was misdiagnosed with fibromyalgia, mm -hmm. depression, mon oh, mono, mono. Epstein-Barr. Mm -hmm. And my mom did her own research and she ordered the the hygienics blood work for Lyme disease. And yeah, a year and a half later, it was on the 
on the test that I was positive and I went to the Lyme doctor and he said, oh, based on your symptom history, you've had this for about seven years untreated. So it was very advanced and the Lyme doctor also, you know, he had seen thousands and thousands of patients and he looked at my immune markers and he said I was in the top 10% worst cases he'd ever seen. He said, go on IV antibiotics immediately. And I had never really, I didn't grow up taking antibiotics. I grew up like, you know, on herbs and homeopathics and organic food. And so, yeah. Is that part of your dad's practice also, just out of curiosity? That lifestyle? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I think we, we tried to avoid the IVs, and I began with the, the oral antibiotics, and the antibiotics ultimately never worked for me, and they just continued to drive the infections deeper because they're very stealthy and intelligent, and they'll protect themselves, and they'll communicate, and they'll go deeper into the central nervous system. And it was a wild ride, and I actually, like there was a period of time where and I see now that it was, it's such a spiritual awakening. It was something that my soul chose to keep me on my path. And if I ever made a wrong decision, my body would let me know. But there was a point in the illness where, where I started hallucinating and like connecting with the celestial realm. And it's a little touchy for me to talk about because I don't know that I've fully embraced this part of myself. But, you know, I saw the angels and fairies. And I think that that's a very real part of me and the energy that I bring in the space that I hold. Mm-hmm. I'll hold space for that. Yeah. <laughs> I felt the angels and fairies yesterday. Oh my gosh, we got off the table and, and she was like, how are you feeling? And we started talking. And I dubbed her the soul consultant. Mm. I felt like I had a soul consultation. Yeah. So, yeah, your communication with those realms is real. They're available to all of us. That's something that I would like to offer up. Yeah. And uh, it only feels scary because it's unfamiliar. But hold space for that, people. That's my invitation for you today. Yeah. And it's pure love. It feels so good when you're there. You feel held, Mm -hmm. really held. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was, it's just that uh, Western medicine programming or the. Take your time. Yeah. So for me, I, I realized that I still have the voice of my father inside of me. You probably always will. Yeah. To some degree. So, so em- embracing this part of me is, is a conversation with that. And it will make you the most articulate, I think, about the sorts of things that really drive you. Yeah. And knowledgeable and rounded. Right. Able to, to explain it to, yeah. to people who maybe don't have a language for it themselves. Yeah. yeah. I think healers with different backgrounds, whether it's like in the medical profession or For me, I come from like a fitness place where I used to do mixed martial arts and I did yoga and movement and whatnot. It just gives you another level to relate to people. And when people come see you and they start talking in these terms and you understand them, it 
gives you a, a easier way to relate to them. Yeah. Yeah, I try to have both sides and and make the work accessible to all types of people. Yeah. So however open or closed they are to their experience, they'll get what they need. Mm-hmm. Your intake form was interesting because I had written some things on my intake form. You asked, one of the questions you asked was what we knew about our birth. Yeah. And for me, that was it was a big deal. And I didn't know it was such a big deal until you started connecting some dots for me. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. And then in our session, we totally went there, went back to my birth. And I was born with my umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. And you had me unwrap myself and waited until I was grounded back into my body until I felt safe. And for me, that was, it was a powerful, powerful healing. I'm so glad. Yeah, the cord wrap is a powerful way to come into the world often very shamanic because sometimes it takes you very close to death as you're coming in. And yeah, I became very interested in birth work when I, I was giving sessions and people were unwinding their birth experiences and I wanted to learn more. So I went and pursued the study of pre and perinatal psychology and I started to understand it it you know it's it's your first imprint your first experience coming into this world and it's traumatic as it is that amount of compression but then you know there are often colorful tonalities and qualities and obstacles and there's always a character to how you come in and it's useful for almost everyone to explore and to integrate. Mm -hmm. Did we mention yet on the podcast what you actually do? Uh, we touched on it, but we didn't really, we haven't really said in so many words. Yeah. What I do. Do yeah. you want to tell us? Do you yeah. Want, yeah. Um, Integrative energetics. I like that because it, it kind of ties everything in together. Yeah. It's my own concoction, but I do Holy Fire Reiki and Craniosacral. And it's rooted in a lot of somatic awareness and processing and the birth work. So I feel like that's what sets it apart a little bit, makes it my own. And the inner child work you were mentioning? The inner child work, yes. Very important to me. Yeah. I do inner child stuff as well when I do my work. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? You got it from your mom, correct? Or your mom? Yeah, so I got a lot of mentoring from my mother as I was developing my practice. And she has a background in dance therapy, marriage family therapy, and infant developmental movement. And like a la Feldenkrais or? A la body mind centering. Okay. It's a sometimes called experiential anatomy, but yeah, it's a wonderful program. It's very sophisticated understanding the body. So as I was developing my practice, I was working with people and I was hearing in their voice, like there would be tone changes 
And I was like, who's talking here? And I started asking them, okay, you know, when these things would come up, I'd be like, how old are you? And then there would be a very useful story to get into and to integrate and to reconcile within themselves and to find wholeness there. And I was mentioning to Casey yesterday, I feel like, you know, we definitely all have these fragmented parts of ourselves, these inner children that in one way or another didn't get what they needed in the moment. And what we unconsciously end up doing is enlisting our loved ones to be the babysitter. So when we go in and and see those parts of ourselves and love them, and sometimes it's really hard to love ourselves and to take the time for ourselves in that way. But when we do, we come more into our wholeness and there's more space for our, our essence to express. And in that way, we can really have enjoyment in relationship without that that need or that projection. You went through holistic healing for your own journey. At what point were you felt was it where you felt called to do it yourself? Um, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I might know. It had to do with craniosacral, right? Mm-hmm. Receiving craniosacral work for your... That's well, what I've heard from Dana. It's kind of... These things overlapped a little bit. I was a client of Gary's for 12 years. Gary Strauss. Gary, yes. Of Life Energy Gary Institute. Gary Strauss. Mm-hmm. So when I was in college, I was interning in New York as a sophomore, I believe, and I met my Reiki teacher there. I was just drawn to taking this class. and What kind of internship? Sorry. It was a dance-related internship. I was studying dance and psychology undergrad at Bennington, and I went into this Reiki class, and our first introduction circle my teacher her name is Corinne Feinberg she said she used Reiki to recover from chronic Lyme disease and um and in that like you know I just decided she's my teacher and I went through all the levels of training with her throughout a couple of years and when I went through my master level training she had upgraded the Reiki to holy fire which I was explaining to Casey is it's an upgraded form of the energy. It's more potent and it bypasses the ego of the practitioner more. It can be experienced as a purple flame and it's a very unconditionally loving, nurturing energy. And so, yeah, that's how I trained in Reiki. And yeah, after 12 years of being a client of Gary Strauss, I went through his program for craniosacral certification, and he was my teacher. And so, yeah, the, the Lyme disease journey is so beautiful because it brought everything full circle. When I started taking the cues and not resisting and just following the path, it led me to where I needed to be, to all of my teachers and my gifts. Yeah. What were you doing before Holy Fire? Is Holy Fire the same as, is it Yusui? Yeah, Yusui, Holy Fire. Okay. What was it before that? Reiki. Just Reiki? 
Yeah. Can you explain a little bit before we delve into the craniosacral part? Because you're our first Reiki master, I believe, that we've had on the show. One of many, I'm sure. But can you explain what Reiki is exactly? It's an energy. It's a universal life force energy. And the first person who received it, was it Yusui? I think so. I think it was Yusui. He uh, received it from a waterfall and it came through the top of his head. In Japan, yeah? In Japan. Came through the top of his head and out his hands. And then there was a man that brought it to the U.S. and William Rand. And so he teaches a lot all over the country. So for listeners, is it something that everybody has access to? Definitely. Um, it, well, it is something that, that you need to have an attunement with. Somebody needs to transfer it to you. But once it's in you, it's there, you know, the rest of your life and you can turn it off or on. And, and that's, is that a little bit of what differentiates Reiki from craniosacral? Yes. Do you want to talk about that? So Reiki is an energy that you're emitting. And craniosacral was so beautiful for me to, to come to because it's about not doing And it's about listening and listening more deeply and more deeply and and expanding your capacity to listen and perceive and hold space for these very subtle, nuanced parts of the system. And in that way, the innate intelligence takes over. The system knows what to do. It knows how to heal. And... So, so after doing, after studying Reiki, it was so beautiful to come to a practice of non-doing. And I, I combine them both. I think they're really powerful in combination, but I make sure to begin all of my sessions without consciously bringing in the Reiki. So I give the person space Mm -hmm. to express and to just hold where they're at. Do you find that that's what most people need nowadays is space, spaciousness, a yin, a... Well, definitely to counteract the pace of our culture. And we're always in the sympathetic mode and overstimulated, overinformed. So craniosacral is really amazing for bringing us back into the parasympathetic mode for rest and digest and to restore the system and heal. So would you say that Reiki, you're holding spaces, but is it more intention-based, whereas craniosacral is just like honoring whatever comes up? Reiki is an energy. It's a bit more active, like it's more potent, like a buzzy feeling, and then like it's, it's a bit activating, I guess you could say and then and it's a doing Mm -hmm. craniosacral is a holding space it's allowing the system to unfold and it's allowing the innate intelligence to take over so the system heals and it's in its own unique process and everyone processes differently what often happens is that traumas can release the nervous system can discharge I showed up yesterday and uh, I've been moving 
faster than I know is best for my nervous system lately. I'm just here and there and everywhere and driving too much and in too much traffic. And I showed up after having, I literally had been driving for seven hours yesterday. Not because I was like coming from Sonoma, but I was driving around LA, dogs and whatnot. And I was so airy and I had so much, like I was so up, I wasn't grounded. And I was thinking to myself on the drive, thank goodness I'm going to see Dana. Thank goodness I'm going for like a healing session as opposed to, I said to her yesterday, a dentist appointment or something. No offense to dentists out there. But what I found is that after experiencing her work, I was more grounded. And so I had, and I really had been worked up. Like I was like spinning. It felt like I was a tornado yesterday. And so I did experience the buzzing that you're mentioning in Reiki. And I think I talked to you about that on the table. And then I also had the unwinding that one experiences in craniosacral. And Dana also took me through my birth which I really like that piece of your practice. And that is absolutely what sets you apart from other practitioners is that third component is so powerful. And how many of us go on that journey? It, it's like, it's something that maybe needs invitation or needs facilitation. And so I was born sunny side up and Hadn't ever, you know, I had heard that throughout the years. My mom's like, yeah, you were, you were face out. You were so curious. You always want to look at everything and do it. But then we took that a lot deeper and we went into the womb and I experienced in a, in a way that I didn't know. I hadn't gone there with myself and I could feel my positioning in the womb. I could tell where I was in my mother's uterus. I could tell that I didn't feel a sense of spaciousness and that, you know, I hadn't been quite as connected to her. And it was this deep knowing of meeting myself there at that age, in that, in that space. I had never met myself in that space before. So you taking me there was really profound and really helpful. I'm so glad. It amazes me every time someone comes in. And, and that's often what happens before a session is, is what needs to be worked on will come to the surface. And and then, you, you know, you brought it in. We went and explored your birth. And there was a correlation there. There was a thread there that was sourced up in utero. And you got to integrate it. If you imagine like the butterfly effect, you changed the patterning for the rest of your life up until now. You integrated and you reclaimed that space. The thread that she's talking about um, is that when I showed up, I talked about not feeling like I have enough time for myself and not feeling like I'm doing the things and having spaciousness, yin energy. And it's like, well, where did that show up in your life? Can you connect with a memory of that? And, you know, being a kid, feeling like I was always rushing around from activity to activity and just not getting the deep connection to nature that I myself needed. And then, you know, tracing that back. So it is amazing how the things that you need show up. Yeah. 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 For me, the, uh, the healing continued into this morning. And I'm sure it'll keep going. But on your intake form, you asked about surgeries. And I don't think during our session we even went there. I think we, we mostly did a lot of work around my birth. And 
I, on the intake form, it asks about surgeries, and I had written down that I had a varicoselectomy, and you had asked if I had done any work around that, and no one has asked me that, myself included. I didn't even think about that, and um, I noticed I had varicose veins when I was a teenager, and it was interesting because eventually I got surgery because I thought I had a hernia from mixed martial arts. I went and got a check, and the doctor was like, no, you don't have a hernia, but you have these veins and we, we recommend doing this procedure to get them taken out. Right. And, um, I was even ashamed about talking about it around that time. And it wasn't until maybe a few years ago where I actually started telling people what actually had happened. But prior to that, it was like, Oh, I had a hernia. I have a scar because I had a hernia and there was a lot of shame and talking about, um, that for some reason. But as a teenager, I was too scared to get it checked. And I thought pretty much my entire teenage life that I had cancer, testicular cancer. Um, my wife had asked me this morning, like, when, why did you think that? Did someone tell you that? Tom Green had testicular cancer. And I used to watch Tom Green. And I was like, well, I don't know what's going on there. Do I have cancer, right? Mm. And interesting enough was it put me in the mindset of, well, if I do have cancer and I die, then it was meant to be and I was meant to die. But I was so afraid to get a check that I didn't even bother going to a doctor. But it also made me who I am as far as my personality. I'm very stoic, very like whatever happens, happens. And I think that played a big part in uh, me being this way. So I haven't done the energetic work around okay. it yet, but I do think it did shape a big part of me and I didn't have that realization until you had asked that question. I remember we worked on the birth and I inquired about going there and you had reached such a deep state of in your long tide and um, it didn't seem like it was present when I inquired but did you notice a shift or is it it's just like it's it's on the surface now. Um, there's definitely a shift in the perspective because a lot before yesterday it was like shame, embarrassment. Now it's like I'm embracing that purpose. Uh, yeah, you're in purpose. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, I was. I wanted to interject and say it's probably a big part of the reason that we've brought this podcast to fruition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're here. Thanks, Thank you. OJ's. <laughs> Thank you, Hernia. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, unquote. <laughs> Man. And so you received, uh, for yourself, you received craniosacral to help you with, with Lyme. And then something ended up calling you to dive into that yourself. You've been doing it for about a year and a half now, you said? Yeah. What I love about craniosacral and what I really cherished about my visits with Gary was that it's like, it's a radical response to mainstream medicine. Um, Instead of the premise being, what's wrong with you? Let me come up with a name for what's wrong with you. Let me pathologize you and fix you. It's the premise is what's right with you and how can I honor you and how can I honor all of you and let your system express in its unique and beautiful way and how can I connect you more deeply with your essence? Did you guys meet in cranial class? We did not. Casey thought that we did. 
<laughs> I did the whole time. I <laughs> When I first approached her, I'm like, hey, Dana, it's Casey. I think we did a craniosacral. She was like, I don't remember you from craniosacral class. Then she looked at the photo on the website and she was like, you were my TA in my foundations at Ipsby. Ah. So that's actually how we met. She was in the same class as Nanaki. Were you? But she yeah. left early. She didn't complete the program. And somehow the just, wiring in my head, right, was like craniosacral. I'm still convinced that there's a cranial connection. But I did also know that you had received work from Gary. So there is a cranial connection. But um, we, you, you imagine. <laughs> Sounds like you want to make a joke. I do. It's funny. You Go should say it. Because you've imagined that we've been in multiple classes together that we were not in. Uh-huh. And? <laughs> um, it's, it's on a different plane. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah. Test me. <laughs> hmm. The candle is lovely now. We've been burning it for, what, half an hour? And there's like a quarter of an inch that has liquefied at the top of this beautiful goldenrod yellow. And uh, the flame is, yeah, OJ, you can't quite see it. Um, yeah, I love when the flame gets further down the woman's body. And oh, let's see. Goes. Tell us about the front. What is on? Is, this is your logo, right? Yeah, so a friend of mine from Bennington College, name is Emma Rain, and you can find her on Instagram as Zaftigiente. It's Z-A-F-T-I-G-Y-E-N-T-E. Zaftigiente. I would have said that. I was distracted by the Lamborghini that was driving by outside. (laughs) Casey's Lamborghini. It's picking her up. I let a friend borrow it today. But she makes... um, Beautiful, feminine, psychedelic, and um, emotional designs. And I commissioned her to make my logo. And it was sort of, it was based on a dance that I made that was, it was a trio. And it was this vision I had of a, of a multi-body, mm. I called it. I see the multi-body. Well, to me, it honors the fact that we heal in relationship. And that I, when you say heal in relationship, can you um, unpack that a little bit? Yeah, we heal by being reflected back to here, here, mother mm-hmm. fucking here. Yes, yeah. uh huh. It's what we're all in each other's lives for. Mm-hmm. We can't see ourselves or know ourselves unless we're reflected back. Yeah, and and also at a very basic level, like when we are in utero, in utero, the first bones that calcify are the ones that are in contact with the mother's skin. So we need the presence of another to affirm what we are. Oh, that's through compression. Yeah. Another thing I love about craniosacral is that I think it, what comes through is this beautiful divine mother energy. And because it so wonderfully supports the parasympathetic nervous system and it, it really cradles the system into its process and into healing, yeah, every touch is like to cater to the parasympathetic. 
it's a very motherly energy. And, and I also recognize that part of this image, I am a sister of three and my mother is a sister of three. So that, that sister relationship comes through me. Very cool. So you, you have two sisters and your mom has two sisters. Yeah. That's groovy. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, and yeah. And in this image is the, the chakra system as well. Right. Ah. Right. I see that. Yeah. And there's the moon the, cycles, cycles of the moon. And the like expansion of perception. Like I love that she puts eyeballs or hands wherever she wants. Mm. And eyeballs. Yeah. Um, nice. So uh, how about the line at the bottom? That's sort of the triangle connecting the two feet. That's the, the shared root system. Mm. See, I knew there's a reason for everything. So I'm holding clouds parted candle, yes. um, which this has frankincense and myrrh, Palo Santo, sage, cedar. It has all these amazing things. She also puts crystals in her candles, people. Can we talk about that? What, what inspired you to do that? Was that something that sort of came? And yeah. what, what effect do you think that that has? Or what is your intention when you're adding the crystals? It's from the earth. It's a, a grounding source. And... It's also, I, I feel like Re Reiki works so well with many other mediums. So the Reiki can charge the crystals a little bit. And the combination of all the ingredients are very supportive to each other. I feel like that blend is for clearing and protection. And so I put in black tourmaline and clear quartz. So black tourmaline is wonderful for protection. Clear quartz is clear, clearing. Amplifying. Amplifying. Yeah, amplifying the protection. I wear tourmaline uh, often. Hmm. Um, this is reminding me, your process with the candles and how you are layering it is reminding me also of Dr. Nick. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. which he does a very similar thing with his oil line. Yeah. Layering protection lay or layering healing because lots of different things resonate with different people differently. So. You know, it might be the beeswax and, you know, negative ions that are, that that's yeah. affect somebody or, but if you can amplify that, then you're going to affect more people. Is this symphony or a symbiosis of ingredients? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Synthesis, symbiosis, symphony. It's yeah. all Those S that. words. It's all of that. Just like your session. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> when you integrate the two things, the cranio and the Reiki, is it intuitive that you where you bounce back between one or the other. Because I know with, with the Reiki, you could, your hands were like on fire when they were touching me, and then you would touch me somewhere else, and they would be freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it would bounce back between the two, so I could, I could feel, in a sense, when you were doing Reiki and when you weren't. Is it intuitive when you integrate the two, or do you have like a, a routine that you go to when you're working with clients? That's very interesting feedback because Reiki is, it's difficult for me to turn it off and on like that. So what I, what I do is I just, you know, I listen in the field and then I turn it on before I put my hands on you, but the Reiki will go to where it needs to go. And that's where I can, you know, remove myself a little bit and trust that maybe you know, when my hands heat up, it's maybe because your body needs to receive more in that area or it needs to discharge that heat more. Mm. Like maybe we're transmitting heat to you. 
Yeah. Yeah, her hands were freezing when we started yesterday. You, I remember you had them under my knees. And we were, the room was the cold. The room was cold. Yeah. You know? And you were like, I'm going to leave and go. And I was like, wow, what's happening spiritually right now for me? What's happening? Like she left. We were just talking about, I was trying to trace it, place it for myself of like what happens, what was happening. No, it was, it was great. But then your hands got warmer and they did. They felt very warm um, in a very good way. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about your space? Your space is beautiful. You're working on La Brea. Yeah. And it's like an oasis in there. It's a very old building. So you ascend stairs and it has very tall ceilings. It's like, it has, um, it doesn't feel like any other place that I've been in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's interesting because it's right off of La Brea. And if you're not familiar with La Brea in Los Angeles, it is packed with cars all the time. Right. It's commercial street. Yeah. But then you go upstairs and then there's this little oasis where it just, it's like, ah, this feels very refreshing. Very light filled, mm-hmm. very uh, nurturing space. It, I felt held. It's not just because the room is light and the ceilings are high. There is something in, I want to say like in the air, but it's in the walls. I think it has to do with like the building materials. They're supportive and they hold so for you to be in this space that has the, that foundation is perfect yeah it was very magical the way that I ended up there I was telling Casey yesterday that I reached out to this woman Callie Williams and I found her on Instagram she's an acupuncturist and I reached out to her and I wanted to share my work with her to see if her patients would benefit. And I had her over to my place and she got off the table after her session and offered me this space. And she is there half of the week. And so it was available to me the other half of the week. And it's just been a seamless, beautiful transition into this place. And the two of us are so aligned and even when I was giving her the session, I felt like at some moments, like I was working on myself. So yeah, there's something magical between us. And we, we share clients and patients back and forth, and they do really well with the combination of our work. She practices Japanese style acupuncture. So do you want to say anything about Japanese style versus when, if we just hear the word acupuncture? Yeah. um, If you can speak to that. If not, we'll just have to have Callie on the show. You will. And I mentioned to her yesterday that you were interested. And I think, yeah, she's she's down. What's her acupuncture? What what is her business called? She is called Seed of Life. Seed. Seed of Life Life Acupuncture. Acupuncture. And you can find her on Instagram too. Her work is amazing. And I find the Japanese style acupuncture, it's it's very poetic and energetic. And what I love is that she starts out with your constitution and she gives you a constitution needle treatment and then she treats all of the other aspects. But she will explain much more about it. Great, I'm sure. OJ? I'm, I'm, I want a session. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Uh, so, so this is her space that um, she used to share it with another acupuncturist, and she holds such a 
delightful space and the plants are so happy in there and there's life and light and everyone does really well. Like that's, it's the most gratifying thing to give sessions and, and I, I feel like I witness miracles multiple times a day and it's just like my sessions end in hugs and high fives and it's like these victories. I am, I'm I'm looking at you and there's a very Princess Leia thing going on and it has to do. the headphones. I know it is, (laughs) but she also has her hair parted down the middle, pulled to two sides and the headphones where they sit on her ears look like the buns. Mm. Um, And then you also have, I don't know, the shawl. Yeah, there's something, you know, we got a Star Wars thing going on. Yeah. We're, uh, We're the fifth dimension. What can I say? This is a pleasure. How are we doing on time? About five or so. Yeah. Um, I'm. Yeah. Do you have things you want to ask? Or I'm. I'm a little curious about maybe working. Are you open to working with like children? Do you have pediatrics or animals? Is that an interest? Something you're interested in or could speak to? And or do you do like phone sessions, distance Reiki? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I do remote sessions. I I have worked with children. I have not yet worked with animals. I've done it, you know, a little bit on my own cat. But if someone were to bring me an animal, I'd be open. And I've worked with babies and through through pregnancy, you know, pregnant women, it is so powerful to process your own birth before you give birth. Mm-hmm. I can see why. A lot of times these unresolved threads from our own birth will repeat. That's right. That came up yesterday. I wanted, I'm so glad that we're back to that. There is this like transgenerational thing that is passed on. If we don't heal our wounds, then I'm literally passing them through my womb to my offspring. Banana leaf. Banana leaf treatment. I know. So it's just like meta, 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 meta. Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak about that at all? The healing, the importance of healing your own wounds before you get Yeah. Um, well... Yeah, definitely. And if you're born and or you just had a birth and you didn't heal all your wounds, it's okay. You're going to be okay. Your totally. kids are going to be there's, okay. There's always time and there's always the opportunity and it happens when you're ready. But what I did find through working with women and their children and looking more closely at birth was that the birth that they had would repeat when they gave birth. A lot of times in one way or another, there would be whatever thread or trauma that was unresolved would happen again. So I don't know if everybody would agree with me, but that's what I've noticed. And and also when at each age your child is, it's going to bring up the unresolved threads of you at that age. Mm. So doing the inner child work before you have a child or well or well you have a child and these things come up and then you go and check it out in yourself and mm-hmm. yeah and i'm very excited because my next step is to go into a, a birth and postpartum doula certification so that ultimately my vision is to expand my work and to bring this to women during pregnancy birth and postpartum for the mother and infant. I could see that transitioning pretty fluidly. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty beautiful. I am a doula and uh, oh, 
and your presence at any birth would be profoundly healing. Thank you for changing consciousness. Thank you. And thank you for bringing all of this information out to people. That feels like what I'm here to do. And I'm so happy to have a partner in crime. Who? OJ. (laughs) You. OJ did it. (laughs) Yeah, point the finger. (laughs) It's OJ. (laughs) Um, Jeez Louise, yeah. Soul consultant, Dana Pennenberg. No, integrative energetics. Her work is beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so happy that we both got to experience it before having you on the show. I never would have known half of what I know to talk about. So you can find her on Instagram, integrative underscore energetic. And then Dana Penenberg, P-E-N-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. Is that correct? Yes. Um, Anything else? What are we leaving out? I think that covers most of it. And I just, I also want to say that I love working with all types of people and whoever resonates with the medicine I have to offer, I'm happy to work with you. Yeah. Dana was really nervous before the show, but you did amazing. Wow. Thank you. I knew she was. (laughs) Thank you, Dana. Thank you so much, Dana. Thank you, listeners. And I'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at thewayofhealingpodcast.com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash thewayofhealing. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats.